0: You're about to watch a great interview on TYT interviews. If you want to watch them live, members are the only ones who get to do that. slash join. Become a member. Enjoy the interviews as they happen. All right, we've got a great interview for you guys today. It's Congressman Keith Elson. He represents Minnesota's 5th Congressional District. He's also co chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus and now, very importantly, Democratic National Committee deputy chair. Congressman Elson, welcome to the Young Turks. Good to see you, Jank. How's it going, man? Uh, Great, great. Let's hit it. Uh, I I understand you've got a resistance summer. So first of all, tell me what that is and what that means.
1: It's an intensive program to engage people at the grassroots level. So the DNC is sending money to every state party. uh, But the money is for extra canvassing, extra door knocks, extra phone banks. Some of the states have wanted to target it to campus or to workers or whatever. But the idea is you gotta get up out of the Democratic Party headquarters and get out into the street and talk to some neighbors. Get out there and engage people, build some relationships. So what we're hoping to really replenish our data, update our data set, be, rebuild relationships, uh, set ourselves be a be a factor in 2017 elections like a lot of municipal races, uh, you know, we just saw some folks win in Oklahoma. They are uh, have an active resistance summer program. Um, but the thing is, Jake, we need to set a new normal. We need to go from a battleground-oriented Democratic Party to a every state party. We need to go from a every four-year presidential party to a every day, every race party. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make that shift. And uh, the resistance summer... Is the first step in that shift, and but it's only—it's not a one and done. It's just the first one. We are—we're going to create a new normal of grassroots engagement. That's the concept.
0: All right. Now I know that you just got a legislative victory too. I'm going to get to that in a second, but let's stay yeah. on this idea of the grassroots because that's really interesting. I read that in in 06 in your first run for Congress in the primary, you didn't run any ads at all. That you used community organizers. Uh, to win that race, is that true? And and if so, how did that work? I had one internet ad, but no other ones. I have never.
1: Nobody in Minnesota has ever seen a Keith Ellison for Congress TV ad. We do it all on the ground. Wow. We, we feel like that is the way to do it. And I just want to tell you this, Jake, When I started running in 2006, we had the lowest turnout of any congressional district in Minnesota. Now we have the highest, and we're consistently the highest. Why? because what I'm talking about uh, with resistance summer, that's what we've been doing in the fifth district of Minnesota for the last 10 years. We start early, we campaign during the off year, we campaign, uh, we, we work with other folks who are running. So, you know, right now on uh, Minneapolis, we're, we're working with city council candidates. We're working with state legislative candidates. We don't, we don't believe in siloed campaigning and, and we, we keep our data and we build relationships and we tell our knockers, Look, if you're on that door for 10, 12, 20 minutes, that's just what you got to do because that person's got something important to tell you. They might be telling you how pre-existing conditions, if you know the uh, the Republicans pass this mess they're talking about, is you know they're going to really their family will be devastated. What are you going to do? Say I got to knock my uh, my list, so I got to go? No, you stay there. You give that person your presence, your time, and of course, you know, try to get through your list, but understand. That the person's more important than the list.
0: So, so that's kind of how we do. Yeah. We're yeah. doing it right now. Yeah, I'm super interested in that. So it, is that something that we could do for each race? I mean, the smaller the the race, the more you can yeah. knock on doors. You know, that that's logical. Everybody gets it's a state race or it's a, you know, council race, or even a district race like yours. But can you do it at the state level, and is that is that a paradigm shift um, that could be successfully executed across the country,
1: brother? That's what I'm praying
0: for. I think we absolutely can do it statewide,
1: nationwide. You use technology, so like we got this thing called Knock 10. It's an app, and what it'll do is if you plug into it, it'll give you 10 people who live near you to knock. When you're done, you know you put the data in, and then you go knock 10 more. And if you can, if you really want to go engage your neighbors around Democratic Party ideas, you can do it because we're trying to help you technolog- with technology. We got the with Resistance Summer, we got this number, four three three six seven, and then text Resist. We'll give you updates on what we're doing. But here's the pro- here's the thing, Jenk. This is all about people to people relationships. The people are way ahead of the Democratic Party. The people are like, hey. We wanna knock, we wanna engage, and you can come knock with us or not, but we're knocking anyway. We're marching anyway, we're demonstrating anyway. So my thing is to say, look, Democratic Party, we've gotta be with the people. We've gotta connect with what people are doing because if we say we're the party of the working man and women in America, we cannot be missing an action during one of the most important civic engagement periods in American history. I mean, people are responding, man.
0: Uh, And we gotta be in the game and connected. That's the first time I've been excited about something that DSC is doing in a long, long time. So, it's actually, it's great to hear, and I did not know that. And by the way, today as I was thinking of which shirt to wear on the show. Uh, one was this. I like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, it goes along so we'll with look, your
1: 43367, type what's on resist, uh, a jank shirt. <laughs> you
0: resist. All right. Well, the the other thing that I was thinking of wearing is we're the ones who knock. And boy, that would have yeah. been appropriate, too. Um, so so now let, let me uh, talk about a legislative victory uh, to more good news, and then and then we'll talk to some of uh maybe the downsides of the NC too. Oh Yeah. Uh, Okay, so, uh, Trent Franks had proposed this law about scrutinizing uh, Muslim religious leaders more. What was that? And and, uh, what conclusion did it reach?
1: So he wanted,
0: he called it a strategic assessment, but really it's a study. And what he wanted this
1: strategic assessment to do is to examine Islam. And to identify what are good practices, what are unorthodox practices, uh, to identify leaders, to identify doctrines, and our thing is like, look, unless you're going to do it for every religion, you can't really do it for any. And by the way, you know, of course, all of us are against terrorism. We, my son, is in the United States Army. You know, he's a Muslim fighting it for America, willing to give his life for it. This is not about terrorism or national security. It's about identifying one religious group and and scrutinizing and and picking them out, identifying them as a national security threat and say, we're gonna study you uh, particularly and especially. Now, you, Jake, you know, I listen to your show, so I know that you are skeptical about all organized religion, right? Yeah. And, and, And you know and I know that you got plenty of Christians and Jews and Hindus and Buddhists and people of no faith whatsoever who kill in the name of their belief system. This is wrong and we'll stand opposed to it and we don't have any problem with studying it. But what we do say is if you're gonna pick out a religion, identify its leaders, identify its doctrines, kind of carve it out as a special case that needs to be focused on and scrutinized. What you're essentially doing is you are abridging the free exercise of religion, which the Constitution says you cannot do. So uh, we fought it, and guess what? Miracles never cease, we beat it. So Mm. we defeated that amendment. Wow. All right. Yeah, Yeah, man, I was shocked, I, I was like, wow. I didn't think we are going to win. But, you yeah. know, we mobilized the forces. We mobilized grassroots folks to call in about it. We got a hold of the Black Caucus, the Latino Caucus, the Asian Caucus, the Progressive Caucus, the Democratic Caucus overall. And, you know, we wrote we got Pramila Jayapal, a star who I think is an awesome leader. Jamie Raskin, another one. We went on the floor. We raised tell about it and we beat them.
0: Wow, uh, DNC doing grassroots organizing and a legislative victory for progressives. Can I get an amen? Amen, <laughs> my man. You got it. You get two amens. Okay. So, uh, look, you know, on the religious issue, I'd go further than you. I mean, if they're going to start a religion, great. Let's have at it, Hoss, Then let me study the end times theology of Christians. And, All right. You let's know, do and, it. And, right? right. It's only fair. Right. And talking about Armageddon and how 7 billion people are going to die. That seems a little dangerous to me. Anyway, but we want on that, so we'll move forward. Uh, so, uh, so let's talk about election strategy in in 2018 because you, you brought that up in the context of 2017, but obviously 2018 we got congressional right. races. So, uh, so that leads us to uh, what you think Democratic Party uh, should focus on for those elections. Uh, what's your take there? We need to engage
1: in door-to-door relationship building. That's what it is. I mean. I mean, I think, Jake, the problem is that we have made the election the be-all, end-all most important thing. When the truth is, your average voter sees the election as you know, important, but what they really want to be able to do is get their leaders to respond to them. And if all we ever do is call them at election time and hit them up for a donation or a vote, they're going to feel like we're a fair-weather friend, right? So what we need to do for 2018 is get out there early and in every single district and say, we are listening to you. We want to know what how you feel about everything from the Republicans trying to repeal health care. Do you believe we need Medicare for all? I I happen to believe it, but let's just ask the people on the on the in the neighborhoods whether they believe it. Do you we you know where are you at on fight for 15? What are you going through in terms of scheduling? You know, your dream to send your kid to college. What are the barriers to that? So we need to get in and engage. And Jake, I'm one of those folks who believe that. You can come up with the best damn message ever. But if you don't deliver it to people, you don't listen to people, you're not present with people, it doesn't work. So the most important thing is to get out there now, engage now, sit down and shut up and listen now, and be present in the lives of people. That's what we gotta do, So
0: and so, yeah. As a, as a matter of strategy in how you approach getting votes, I agree with it, but on the issues. I need a little bit more clarification there. sir. So, sure. so, is the DNC going to get behind specific issues, fight for 15, but but very very importantly, Medicare for all, or are they going to be neutral and not take a stance?
1: Well, let me tell you, man. You know, I became the deputy chair in February 25th. I am. I have been for the last 10 years on John Conyers' single payer. Medicare for all bill I'm on it now. I've been on it, gonna stay on it uh, and I am all the time persuading people that this is the right direction for the nation. Of course, we have this immediate problem of having to defend what we got uh and so I'm all in there too. but you know um it it really the we have this uh platform process uh where we engage Democrats all over the country and we hash it out, we debate it out, we fight it out. And uh, as I sit here with you right now, I can tell you that the Democratic Party platform, most progressive platform you've ever had, not a perfect platform, but the best we've done from a progressive viewpoint, uh, calls for universal uh, health care. Now, does it say single payer? No. But, you know, uh, look, I'm one of those people who believes sometimes you just got to keep it, stay in the fight, rather than saying it's not good enough now, so I quit. I'm not like that. I'm the guy who says we got that this time, we're going to get the next next time. So that's really where it's at. I can tell you this: we got over, well, we got well over a hundred Democrats on a single payer bill, a majority of the caucus in Congress right now. So that's on single payer. The fight continues. We got to persuade each other. And I'll tell you, Jake, I want to say thank you to TYT for educating people on single payer because a lot of people don't really know what it is. Um, but but you know, so we need to continue to just help people understand what it is. Mm -hmm. On the issue of the fight for 15, let me tell you, me and Bernie Sanders introduced fight 15 uh, uh, years ago. We've been working on it ever since. Progressive Caucus has been doing it. Now I'm telling you, man, a month ago you had Schumer and Pelosi, you had Steny, and you had uh, Patty Murray all in a room with me and Bernie and, 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 and Bobby Scott calling for 15 right so what does that mean that means what we what used to be a marginal position for the for, for elected Democrats now is a mainstream position and I give all the credit to you know groups like yours TYT, but also you know uh, you know uh, folks who marching in the street protesting and you know I've been out there to those protests me and Bernie were on the streets with people and so we know you know how critical it is but if people will stick and stay and keep fighting for their position, we can move these guys to the position we want them to take, and 15
0: is a perfect example of that. I think I might have literally run into you at one of those protests. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so I hear you on that. But in focusing on the DNC for a second. Sure. So. Um, Look, Medicare for All, I think National Nurses Union did an amazing job in- They are awesome. And and Justice Democrats did a great job. Those two together helped to nearly double the number of people who are supporting you and Conyers now on, on his bill in the House on that issue. But as for the DNC, is your mission to support, to get more Democratic victories or to support Democratic incumbents? Because those might be different. So for example, if there's a Democratic incumbent who is not for Medicare for all, who's not for a lot of policy positions, or, I mean, that's one side is policy. The other side is, you think the incumbent maybe doesn't stand as good a chance of winning as someone else in a Democratic primary. What does a DNC do in a circumstance like that? You know what I think we
1: should do in that situation? Is emphasize what it really is, how much money it actually saves, how we c- can cover more people. I don't know any politician, not one, who isn't freaked out when somebody tells them that before we got the Affordable Care Act, people were being denied, dropped, having sky right sky uh, high prices because of pre-existing conditions. You want to solve the problems of your constituents? This is the policy you should be taking. Now, people don't take that position right away. I'm not one who's going to say we're going to come down hard on you. But what I think part of my goal is to prove to people that progressive politics is winning politics, right? Good policy is good politics, right? But you've got to sell it. You've got to explain to people what it's all about. You know, uh, I'm just here's the thing where I'm at with the DNC I can't come down on people with a doctrinaire position, but I will continue to advocate how I feel and what's important. Am I answering your question? Because I really want to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Look, so I understand that you're in a very tough position because you're very progressive, and 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 some of your incumbents are not. They're just not, right? And so you got to support as the deputy chair. You got to support the DNC, and you got to support folks. And you know, I don't know how they come out on on primers. Actually, let's so. Look, I get that you're policy-wise, you're trying to push them in the right direction the best you can. So let me just focus a little bit more on the primary issue. As a matter of policy at the DNC, if there is a primary between a Democratic incumbent and a Democrat who's challenging them in a primary, do you guys take sides, do you support the incumbent, or do you just say, hey, we support them equally and good luck to both of them?
1: The latter, we gotta stay out of that. We cannot get in a, in a primary, not for an incumbent, not for anybody. And, and let me just tell you this: as a politician, as somebody who stands for election, and I'm, a, I'm I'm an incumbent, I always tell people: folks aren't trying to insult you by filing in a race that you uh, hold a seat in. This is a chance for you to tell everybody what a great job you've been doing. This is a That's chance right. for you to be to, to to run and to re to, to reestablish why you should win. So don't look at some Democrat running against you as some horrible thing. Look at it as a chance for you to say, "Hey, y'all, look at my report card. I've been I've been getting good marks. Reelect me." So that's it's, we need an attitudinal change about that. I I, I got to admit to you, Jake. I've talked to a lot of friends who said, "Can you believe that guy filed against me?" I'm like, "Yes, yeah, so what?" You know, if mm-hmm. you're doing a good job and you're telling your story, you're gonna beat him. You're gonna beat him. You're probably gonna beat him anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, but but earn. But don't be afraid to re. Uh, win your seat. You know it's important. And um, and 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 i would say to anybody, losing an election is no dishonor. You're right. It's really not. If you take a position, principal position that you believe in and is going to help people and is good for our country, upholding our constitution, and as a result of that vote you lose, well then there's a lot of things out here to do. But don't ever sell yourself out because you you may lose any lose your election anyway and now you've lost your election and you voted against your own conscience which is a double whammy so that's kind of how i feel about it man the dnc as long as i'm around will never be involved in in the, getting in the middle of primaries but you know but then there's the pragmatic situation too you know you got some folks who if we lose that seat uh, if we lose the, if if that person loses that primary are they going to lose that seat which is kind of a scary proposition because at the end of the day we gotta have somebody. We, you know, we gotta have majority. So, it's not a, what you're asking me. Is not an easy call, right? It is a tough call. But we tell people to run hard, stay close to your constituents, look after your people, put them first, and then after that, you've done all you can do.
0: But as you said earlier, my take is that a progressive position is a winning position. So, I agree. You know, so I think that if a, a more progressive candidate wins, even if they're not the incumbent, they're not. More likely to lose a general election, they're more likely to win a general election. Well, you
1: know, you know, you know who would probably agree with you on that is a guy named Rick Nolan. Now, Rick Nolan comes from a very tight district in northern Minnesota. He comes from a conservative district, which is just about 50-50. He's a great member of the Progressive Caucus, and he he's been winning. He's been beating this gazillionaire named Stuart Mills. I hate to say the guy's name, but well, you know, but uh Rick beats the pants off of him and uh and, and so I think that you know progressive politics is 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 a winner. I mean and but you know you can't always convince people of that. And sometimes they think to get the money to win, you gotta go do what the uh the folks who uh have the money want you to say. And sometimes Medicare for all and minimum wage are not top of their list.
0: <laughs> so but, that's reality. Look, I mean, but look there, Congressman Ellen, that is the heart of the problem. Uh, so if you're focused on the donors' uh, uh, desires, then, then you lose track of the voters. I mean, right. 58% of the country says they want Medicare for all. Uh, 53% say they want a government takeover of healthcare. That's right. uh, You know, uh, these are new times. You know, well, 77% yeah. are in favor of Medicare. So uh, you know, a campaign yep. that says. Let us into Medicare, why is it only for 65 year olds and above? Let us into Medicare is a winning campaign, but if your donors say that they don't want it and then you listen to them, that is not winning strategy, that's not pragmatic, that's a losing strategy.
1: That's what I tell them, that is
0: what I tell them. Yeah. And uh, I think you're absolutely
1: right, but we gotta we gotta continue to prove our case, Jink. You know we have gotta. I think one of the again, you know, the reason I you know I asked you to come on the show is because I I like what you guys are saying about that. You know, winning politics and winning policy being the same thing. And look, and that we can go further than further than that. What about uh, issues around you know, sane, sensible? rules on guns? What about saying sensible uh, stuff on marijuana laws and drug laws? I mean, winning, the public approval of these issues is high. Even the minimum wage was winning in Republican states. And you know, some folks were reluctant to get in on it because the, you know, the chamber, the US chamber didn't like it. So my thing is, remember who you're there to serve. You're there to serve the, the public interests, not the private game, As long as you keep clear on who you're serving, you should come to the right answer.
0: Yeah, boy, I think you really, really hit on the main issue there. So as vice chair of the DNC, it's not in the bylaws. So how much power do you have? If there's a disagreement, how does that work out? Can you say, no, let's spend more money on this race, less money on this race, or let's stay neutral or not stay neutral in a primary? How does that work out? Well, in terms of neutrality
1: in the primaries, that's the policy of the organization. All we gotta do is live up to it, right? And, and, and you know, that's just, that's the fact. In terms of my own role, I can tell you that uh, Tom Perez and I have been working together very, very well. You know, I tell you this, Jake, before either one of us jumped into this race, we were friends. He was the Department of Labor. I was fighting for labor issues all the time. We worked together on stuff all the time. During the race, you noticed uh, we weren't crashing on each other. We weren't trying to tear each other down. You, there were a lot of debates, and there was never any ugly. Uh, and now we're working together pr- uh, very well. And so, you know, uh, Tom has been running all over the country trying to help us get the money we need. Working on the internal mechanics of the organization. I've been working on something called Democrats Live, which is a weekly uh, live stream that we do every 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 week. And it'd be great to have you on one day. Uh, But and also I've been leading this resistance summer effort and got a few other little projects we're working on, too. But we've been working together cooperatively. Now, the truth is, both Tom and I are reformers. We're trying to take an organization that was battleground state oriented, an organization that was focused on TV and raising big money. And that's it. Now we're trying to go more grassroots. So we're both trying to, you know, change the institution uh and so, you know, obviously we've got to stay in touch and communicate a lot to do that. Um, and mm-hmm. I can tell you, I can look you right in the eye and tell you my opinions have been valued and uh yep. and respected. Although, you know, I don't get everything I want exactly as I want it, but that's what it
0: means to be on a team. If you won the DNC race, would you have made Tom Perez your vice chair?
1: Um, yeah, sure. I mean, Tom's a great guy, man. I mean, I, I gotta tell you, he's one of my favorite members of the administration. I mean, he was He uh, he was a he was a great labor secretary, uh, you know, and 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 he distinguished himself all the time in the way he stood up for working people. So, I mean, you know, uh, so I mean, whether it's on the fiduciary rule, whether it's on the uh, the uh, uh, pay, uh, you know, uh, wage theft issue or whatever, we
0: work together a lot. So, uh, last question for you, then, Congressman Ellison. So. There's one last dynamic in the DNC, and I, I think you made a compelling case for you know Tom Perez does what DNC chair traditionally does, raise money, etc., and you're doing the grassroots, and that that's a powerful combination. Um, but but there were forces within the Democratic Party that uh, opposed you and opposed you in that race in a in an ugly uh, kind of way. There was a smear campaign against you uh, on the. Uh, you know the Louis Farrakhan issue among Yeah, those. I remember. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. now, look, that it appears that that was led by the Obama administration. So, how do you reconcile that? I mean, after after they run a campaign like that against you, and how do you go back and work with those folks?
1: Well, here's here's how I look at this thing, man. Um, I tried out for playing quarterback, and uh, the coach said. We want the other guy to play it. But we want you to play running back. I said, fine, I'll play running back. I'm trying to I'm trying to be on a winning team. That's what I'm trying to do. Because at the end of the day, Jink, when Democrats lose elections, bad things happen to people. I mean, look, people are about, they're trying to strip healthcare from 22 million people. They would if they could. They just jacked us out of the Paris Climate Accords. I mean, if it's bad, the Trump administration is doing it. So in my opinion, the most important thing for me to do is focus on what's good for the American people. Get on the team and contribute the best way that I can. If I keep it in my heart that uh, somebody did me dirty, I can't focus on what the people uh, need. Now I'm gonna tell you this: Tom Perez has always been decent and straight up with me, and I respect him. If there's other folks out there who weren't that way, I don't I don't pay them any mind. I focused on I keep the eyes on the prize, and what is that? That is making sure that we have liberty and justice for all. That no matter what color you are, no matter what religion you are, no matter who you love, you get get treated equally, and that we make sure that the average American, the working people of this country, have an economy that serves them too. Uh, And so, you know, that's where I'm focused at. So you asked me how do I deal with some of that mess, and you know, let's be honest, there was some mess, right? There was. Yep. Um, I just, I just don't. I just keep my focus on the urgency of the moment. And what the average American family is dealing with, and that, and that allows me to continue to work as hard as I can.
0: All right, Congressman Keith Ellison, thank you so much for joining us on The Young Turks. Really appreciate it, and thank you for giving us rare encouraging news about the DNC. <laughs> so hey man, you know, if, that.
1: if you want me back, I'll come back, Jake. But thank <laughs> you guys, and thank your whole crew, and all you guys, you guys are the bomb, so thank you very much. All
0: right, thank you, we appreciate it. If you like the interview that you just watched, I got great news for you. If you become a Young Turks member, you could watch them live as they happen, only the members get that. You also get Young Turks live, you also get Aggressive Progressive live, and old school live. Everything is available for the members and commercial free, tytnetwork.com slash join.